morning. Welcome to the broadcast today. Pastor Jeff Shreve filling in for Dan Celia as Dan recovers from COVID pneumonia. I am the pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries, heard every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio. Well, I wanted to talk to you today about a subject all of us are familiar with. And to introduce this subject, I want to tell you a little story I heard years and years ago by my hero in the faith, Dr. Adrian Rogers. I listened to hundreds of hours of his sermons when I was a salesman, and I'd be in the car three or four hours a day driving around. And uh, there was a story he told that really resonated with me. And here's the story. It says that one day the devil had a garage sale, and he had all his tools on display and a high price tag on each tool, tools like pride and envy and lust and laziness and hate. But there was one tool that was kind of in a corner that had a sign on it that said, not for sale. It was a strange looking tool. And someone asked the devil, he said, well, what about this tool? He said, well, I can't sell that tool. He said, that's one of my chief tools. It's not for sale. And they said, well, what is it? He said, it's the tool of discouragement. And with that tool, I can pry open a heart and cause ruin and destruction. I want to talk to you today about uh, discouragement, the need for encouragement to fight against discouragement. Discouragement is something that Everybody is familiar with. We struggle with discouragement in life. We struggle with discouragement in marriage. We struggle with discouragement in school. We struggle with it in family, in pursuing our dreams, in fighting against addiction. You know, one of the the groups of people who really, really struggle with discouragement, pastors. Pastors can easily get discouraged. One of my other heroes in the faith. I I had lunch with him one day. This was years ago. I looked up to this guy so much and he always seemed to be the guy that, that never, I mean, Teflon Don, you know, people would shoot at him and fire uh, insults and things at him. And I thought this guy, it just never phases him. It never bothers him. And he told me at lunch, he said, uh, Jeff, I, I've often marveled at why God has me in the position that he has me doing the things he has me doing because I am so easily discouraged. And I was just blown away by that. I thought, man, I didn't think anything discouraged you. But he was a guy who dealt with discouragement. Now, Sometimes, I had mentioned pastors, it's easy for pastors to get discouraged. It's easy for pastors to feel like I did a terrible job on Sunday morning. My sermon was boring. It it didn't have any impact. I had my pastor tell me one time uh, when a couple in the church, a, a very key couple in the church announced that they were getting divorced and he was just so discouraged. And he said to me, he was just kind of venting. He didn't really mean it, but He said, you know, sometimes I just wonder, does any of this preaching that I'm doing, is it doing any good? Because this couple should have been, uh, you know, stalwarts in the faith. And here they are and they're getting divorced and they weren't able to make it. 
Well, what do you do when you get discouraged? How do you overcome discouragement? There is a story in the Bible, obviously a true story. You know, when we talk about stories in the Bible, sometimes people think they're fictitious. They're not. A historical account in the Bible in 1 Samuel chapter 30, and it is very important for us, especially as we deal with this thing called discouragement. This is what it says. Then it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag, Ziklag's the name of a city, on the third day that the Amalekites made a raid on the Negev and on the Ziklag and had overthrown Ziklag and burned it with fire. And they took captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great, without killing anyone and carried them off and went their way. And when David and his men came to the city, behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. David and his men lived in Ziklag. And so the Amalekites, while David and his men were away, they attacked the city, burned it with fire, and uh, kidnapped all their wives and their sons and their daughters. It says, Then David and the people who were with him lifted their voices and wept until there was no strength in them to weep. Now David's two wives had been taken captive, Ahinoam the Jezreelitess and Abigail the widow of Nabal the Carmelite. And then watch what it says. Moreover, David was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him. For all the people were embittered, each one, because of his sons and his daughters." I mean, that's a serious situation. I've had situations in church where people got mad at me, but no one was talking about stoning me. So whatever you're going through today, whatever discouraging uh, situation you're facing, it's probably not as bad as what David was facing that day when the people spoke of stoning him. He was greatly distressed. And then it says this, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. But David, as the King James says, encouraged himself in the Lord his God. David knew how to encourage himself. He knew how to strengthen himself. Uh, He knew how to have a conversation with his soul. And as it says in the book of Psalms, why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. Now, listen, the devil will take circumstances and difficult situations. God allows those to come into our lives. Remember, nothing comes into your life or my life unless it first filters through God's fingers of love. So God allows things to come in, much like in the life of Job. The devil couldn't do anything to Job unless God allowed it. And God allows that for a purpose. It's a test. Every trial is a test. And uh, when the devil is allowed access to cause harm to your life, to your marriage, to your family, to your situation, whatever that might be, he's wanting to use those circumstances to get your eyes off the Lord, to get your eyes on your situation, and to blow out the light of hope. He'll tell you there's no hope for you. This is not going to get any better for you. Your sickness is never going to get better. If you remember years ago, people 
would uh, be in chronic pain and didn't know how to deal with pain. And so they would call a guy named Jack Kevorkian to come over and kill them. Why would people do that? Because they have no more hope that life is going to get any better. And they just say, uh, because there's no hope, I just want to die. I'm convinced that people who commit suicide commit suicide because they have lost hope. And here's the great truth of Scripture, Romans 15, 13. And may the God of hope fill your heart with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God is the God of hope. In any and every circumstance, you have to factor in God because God is the God of hope. It looked hopeless for David. It looked like, well, the, the enemy, the Amalekites, they've, they've burned our city and they've taken our wives and children. Uh, we just need to curse God and die. But that's not what David did. David strengthened himself in the Lord. David inquired of the Lord. David prayed and said, Lord, should I go after them? Shall I pursue them? And the Lord said to him, pursue them, for you shall surely overtake them and you will surely rescue all. We're talking about discouragement today, and we're going to be taking your calls. So don't go away. We'll be here right after the break. had an interest. God has given us a gift of being able to help a lot of people with their finances and budgets and stuff. AFA supporters Bernie and Alice Larson met Dan Celia at a Faith, Family, and Finance town hall meeting. And he answered some questions and we were thinking about the charitable gift annuities and we'd never heard of that before, but we thought, well, we'd always wanted to leave some of our money with, for God, but we didn't know where or how. And it, we felt like this was put into our laps as answer to our prayers as to what we could do after we're gone. Bernie and Alice learned a charitable gift annuity from the AFA Foundation would provide them with a monthly income for life as well as supporting the American Family Association into the future. You can learn more about charitable gift annuities and other financial products at afafoundation.net or call 800-326-4543, extension 345. And uh, you just can't outgive God. Hi, this is Pastor Robert Morris. I'm often asked, how do I grow in my relationship with the Lord? How do I hear God? What is God's plan and purpose for me? I want to personally invite you to join me on Sunday mornings right here on AFR for worship and the Word. And we will discover the answer to these questions together. We'll explore the truths found in God's Word that will help you strengthen your faith and develop a more intimate relationship with Him. They say actions speak louder than words. Here at the American Family Association, we take that to heart. AFA Action is here to inform and help you get involved in cultural and moral issues. You can also sign up for our AFA Action Alert, which will inform you about these issues every week by email. To sign up and for more information, visit us at afaaction.net. Why are you still sitting there? If you want change, it starts with you. 
Welcome back to the broadcast. Pastor Jeff Shreve here, pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries, filling in for Dan Celia as he recovers from COVID pneumonia. We are talking today about the subject of encouragement to fight off discouragement. Uh, As we said in the first segment, David was facing difficult circumstances. The people were talking about stoning him. And the scripture says, David encouraged himself in the Lord. He strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. He grabbed his soul by the scruff of the neck and said, why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God and hope in his word. Now, what I have found is that when when difficult circumstances come, discouraging circumstances come, you, you the tendency for all of us, <clears throat> we set our eyes on the circumstances and we look around and we say, things are hopeless, things will never get better, uh, I need to quit this dead-end job, I need to quit the ministry, obviously God is not blessing me, you know, in, in ministry, um, from the outside looking in, <clears throat> ministry can seem like it's very easy. Uh, you know, the old joke is, well, the pastor, he works one hour a week. Uh, I can tell you uh, that is just not true. I was in the business world for about 12 years before God called me to preach. So I've been on both sides. I've seen what it's like. I know what it's like to be in the pew. I know what it's like to be out there and calling on people and having sales quotas and having the pressure that comes in corporate America. And then I've been in the ministry and the pressure's there. And here's the difference. And this is an encouragement for you to pray for your pastor and to pray for your staff. When I was working in the business world as a salesman, I worked for waste management sold trash service, not a very glamorous job. I thought this really can't get any more unglamorous, but I was wrong because we added a product line, portable toilets. So it really got unglamorous. Uh, I went there for two years and then I worked for Nalco Chemical Company selling specialty chemical uh, chemicals um, for cooling towers and steam boilers and <clears throat> raw water treatment plants and wastewater treatment plants. And uh, those jobs had pressures and difficulties, but I had church. And so when things were bad at the job or stressful at the job or discouraging at the job, church became a sanctuary. My friends there and my worship there and my time there. When a person is in the ministry, his job and his church are the same thing, especially as a pastor. It's the same. So if you have trouble at work, you have trouble at your church. And if you have serious trouble where you can't stay there anymore, not only do you lose your job or walk away from your job, but you lose your church and you have to start over. And uh, it can be very, very difficult and very draining emotionally. So it's very important for pastors, for all Christians, but for pastors especially to be able to do what David did and to strengthen yourself in the Lord your God and encourage yourself in the Lord. Jerry Falwell Sr. was at our church about a year and a half before he died, and uh, he was famous for this saying, it's always too early to quit. I love that. It's always too early to quit. 
Uh, I mean, the devil wants us to to quit on prayer, to quit on the promise that God has given us, to to quit on the dream that God put in our heart. But it's always too early to quit. So when life has kicked you to the curb, when you don't know what to do, when the devil is trying to blow the candlelight out of hope in your heart, you have to go back to the basics. When you don't know what to do, you focus in on what you know and who you know and what God has said. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 3 is such a great verse. It's the verse that is uh, in the account of Solomon dedicating the temple, that beautiful temple that he built for the Lord. He's dedicating that to the Lord. And the Bible says that the glory of the Lord, as he is dedicating and praying, the glory of the Lord fell on the house of the Lord to such a great extent. God's glory and his splendor and his majesty were so heavy on the house that the Bible says the priest couldn't go in to minister. And so what did they do? They fell on their faces and they said these words, truly he is good, truly his loving kindness is everlasting. I remember reading that one day some years ago and it's like that just leaped off the page into my heart and the Lord said to me through his word, because that's how God speaks 99% of the time through his word, uh, Jeff, do you see this? I'm good. And my love for you is everlasting. So no matter what's going on in life, you remember, well, the Lord is good and the Lord loves me. Babby Mason is a singer and a songwriter. She's been at our church on a couple of different occasions. She's just a wonderful uh, woman of God. She wrote this song and the lyrics are just phenomenal. It says this, God is too wise to be mistaken. God is too good to be unkind. So when you don't understand, when you don't see his plan, when you can't trace his hand, trust his heart. He is a good God. He loves you. Truly he is good. Truly his loving kindness is everlasting. So I get down in my heart when I am really facing difficult circumstances, discouraging circumstances. I go back to what the word says. I go back to the basics. What are the basics? God is good. God is good. This thing that's happening to me may not be good, but that doesn't mean God is not good. See, life can be difficult and life can be unfair, but God is not unfair. Shall not the judge of all the earth deal justly, the scripture says? God is good and God loves you. I mean, that that one truth is so paramount. See, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. And how do we do that? that? Jesus said that's the greatest commandment. And so we could say that the greatest sin that a person could commit would be failing to do the greatest commandment. I mean, those things fit together. But how how does a person love the Lord with all that he or she has? Well, 1 John chapter 4, we love because he first loved us. Everything starts with the love of God, the love that God has for you and for me. And when we understand how much the Lord loves us, truly 
He is good. Truly, his loving kindness is everlasting. When we understand how much he loves us, then we're blown away by his love. And the natural response is to love him back. I saw a t-shirt that an atheist was selling, and it said these words, God hates you, so hate him back. They were just believing the lie from the devil that God is not good. God doesn't love you. These bad things are happening in your life to prove to you that God doesn't love you. God actually hates you, so hate him back. That's a, that's 180 degrees from the truth. The truth is God loves you and he loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his son so that you and I wouldn't perish. Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While, while we were so far away from him, Christ died for us. So I have to focus in on the truth, even though everything may be falling apart. God loves me and God is good. And remember this too, don't evaluate the love of God for you based on your circumstances. You know, it's kind of a, a daisy theology. Do you remember when you were a kid and maybe you picked up a, uh, some kind of a flower or a daisy and you'd pick off the, the petals and you'd say, he loves me, he loves me not, he loves me, he loves me not. Uh, girls would do that with boys and boys would do that, maybe some with girls, you know, you, somebody you had a crush on and then you hope that you get to that last petal that says, well, he, he loves me, she loves me. People do that with God. He loves me because things are good. Oh, things are bad now. He loves me not. Oh, but then things got better. He loves me. Oh, but then this bad thing happened. He loves me not. Don't evaluate God's love for you based on circumstances. But God demonstrates, he shows his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God's proof of his love for you and me is outside of our lives. It's on a hill called Calvary where you see God's love. It's where he sent his son and Jesus willingly went to the cross to die for your sins to show you how much he loves you. The old statement, I asked God how much he loved me and he stretched out his arms and died. So as I deal with discouragement, I remember, well, God is good. And God loves me. And those two things don't change. And then I remember this third thing. God works all things together for good to those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. And so I know that no matter what happens, God is working. I may not see him working, but I know he's working. He's working this together for my good. And that gives me hope. Because I just know, okay, I don't know how God's going to work in this situation. David didn't know how God was going to work in his situation. He didn't know how God was going to deliver him. He just knew that I can trust God. And as he prayed, the Lord showed him what to do. And David won a great victory over the Amalekites. And he got back all the things that were taken from him. And he got back his wives and all the children for not only for his himself, but for all the people. And there was great rejoicing. God is the God who can turn things around in our lives if we'll just trust him, if we'll just look to him. Truly, he is good. 
Truly, his loving kindness is everlasting, and truly, he works all things together for good to those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. We're going to be taking your calls in the next segment. The number to call is 1-888-589-8840. That's 1-888-589-8840. And I'd love to talk to you, love to encourage you in the Lord, and uh, to focus your eyes, my eyes, on the King who is over all things. So don't go away. We'll be right right back after the break. Today's issues. Blaming a gun for a violent crime or a murder is like blaming the pencil for a misspelled word. Mm. Ooh, I like that. That would be like a, a student who ha- he's, he does terrible on spelling. And he says, well, we've had a rash of pencil-oriented mistakes. Misspelled words. <laughs> Today's issues. Weekday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 Central on American Family Radio. Pandemic is now a common household term, but besides the viral pandemic, there's one we can't afford to overlook. Prescription opioid addiction is a threat that doesn't get the attention it needs. As a result, the number of deaths from overdose in 2021 went up 30% from those in 2020. Rebecca Davis's article in the March edition of The Stand puts the spotlight on the addiction pandemic and the cure. It's called The Forgotten Pandemic, and you can get your copy at afa.net slash the stand. Jesus knows your need. He knows what to do, and he knows when to do it. This is Jim Garlow. God plans and orchestrates things with remarkable precision. This is a spiritual axiom. It's always true. And his plans concerning the Messiah were laid out in the Old Testament long before the Lord's coming in the flesh. 2 Timothy 3.16 reminds us that all scripture is God-breathed. We shouldn't be surprised then that the feast of the Lord, such as the Passover, correspond to exact moments in time. The spotless lamb of that feast was a foreshadowing of Jesus. So it follows he was crucified at the same time the Jewish people had observed the Passover for nearly 1,500 years. When you find yourself impatient for a prayer to be answered, repeat again. Jesus knows your need, he knows what to do, and he knows when to do it. I'm Jim Garlow. Paul writes, when one part of the body suffers, we suffer together. This is Bible League International, and here's a very startling statistic. Every five minutes outside of America, a Christian is killed simply because they believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Let me give you some perspective. By the end of the average hour-long worship service in America on a Sunday, 12 Christians will die, again, simply because of their faith. Now listen, persecution is arguably the top issue facing the global church today. I'm not saying that death is affiliated with everything every case of persecution, but at Bible League, we know Christians who are singled out, targeted, monitored, threatened with death, even killed simply because of their faith. Listen, we can do something about it by sending exactly what they're praying for to persevere and endure, and that's God's Word at $5 a Bible, $100 sends 20. Would you pray about it and then make your most generous gift by calling 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD, or give at sendbiblesnow.org, sendbiblesnow.org, and God bless you for caring. 
Hi, and welcome back to the broadcast. Pastor Jeff Shreve here, pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries. We're talking about discouragement and the need to encourage ourselves in the Lord. I'll be taking your calls in this next half hour. The number to call is one 888 589-8840. That's 1-888-589-8840. And we have Katrina in South Carolina. Katrina, welcome to the broadcast today. Hi, good morning. It's actually I'm sorry, Carolina. Katerina. Katerina. It's okay. It's, it's a Hispanic. My name oh, okay. is Ana Carolina. It's okay. Um, oh. But I wanted to... <laughs> good morning. I'm, good morning. You know, I love you. I love Dan, but I'm so glad you're there this morning. I heard every word you said, every word you said, and <clears throat> my situations are not the worst. Um, I've suffered with autoimmunity for, for 24 years, and it's a constant battle daily, you know, to get my health up to par, enough to, you know, function through the day and such. But, <clears throat> you know, the Lord's been kind of showing me what you've been saying, and you spoke a powerful word, discouragement. The enemy uses discouragement <clears throat> to tell us there's no hope, to tell us there's no way. <clears throat> but one thing I've found, especially in these recent days, is that we serve a God of hope. We serve a God of encouragement. We serve a Lord who's faithful. And he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I think what you spoke this morning was so essential to remind people and to trust the Lord with all their heart and lean on their, on their own understanding, to acknowledge him in all their ways, and he will make your path straight. And no matter what that path looks like, to trust the fact that God knows better than we do. Um, and while we may have all these plans, all these things that we want to do, God's way is always best. And he knows what we need, and he knows where our heart needs to be. And I just wanted to thank you. Thank you so much oh. for the word you spoke. Oh, thank you, Katerina. I appreciate that so much. And thanks for calling in. Thanks for listening. Well, we have Sharon from Alabama. Sharon, welcome to the broadcast today. Good morning. Um, just the one little sentence you said is never too. Um, it's never too soon to, um, or is never. It's never too, too, too early to quit. quit. Never too early to quit. Um, <clears throat> that is very helpful when you're trying to fight against. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's always too early to quit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, that's. Anyway, the, I knew what it meant. Yeah. Yeah. It's always too early to quit. Well, yeah, when you're trying to fight against the culture war and it seems like they're gaining on you, that's that's very helpful. And also I wanted to tell you that all of your interviews and talks like you did this morning are very helpful um, since you've been covering for Dan. And I wish you would ask Dan if he would have his people put them on podcasts because I've gone back to try to listen to some of them and they're not being uh, podcast. So if you could get Dan to get his people to do that, that would be great. Yes. So Sharon, those, you can listen to all of those. They're under special programs at AFR.net. And so they have all of those on their website, all those, uh, those radio interviews and, and all the programs. So it's not under it's not under uh, Dan's program. Dan. No, it, no, it's under special programs. Thank you for letting me know that. Yeah, well, thank you for calling in, and thank you for your encouragement to me today. That means a lot, and I appreciate that. God bless you. Well, we have uh, Shirley from Tennessee. 
Shirley, welcome to the broadcast today. Shirley, are you there? Hello, can you hear yeah, me? I sure can. Hi, I'm Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I no want problem. to praise God for you, Dr. Shreve. I love your program. I just wanted to just give a shout out and pat on the back. It is so encouraging to listen to you and to hear the words of the Lord flowing through you. I don't know if people understand this, but Jesus uses his servants. We are all ministers for Christ, and one of us strengthens the other one of us, and we can all go up to heaven together because we're one happy family. We're starting here, but we're going to end up together on that shore there. I pray for um, Dan. I hope he's listening to let him know that the moment I heard he was sick, I started praying because I said, Lord, I hope you don't have that COVID. But you know what? The Lord's going to bring him through, and he'll have an even more mighty ministry than he's ever seen before because God is going to do this great and wondrous thing in his life. So may the Lord put his hands on Dan's lungs and body and heal him 100% and anybody else struggling. And may the Lord continue to bless us to trust his heart as we see problems in Ukraine and Russia and all these. We know that God's ultimate plan is to get us from here to his kingdom and he's not going to stop nor will he waver he's got a plan in all of this and we're going to trust his heart and keep doing the lord's will and god bless you and i love you in christ and look forward to meeting you in heaven someday thank you shirley what a sweet sweet comment i appreciate that so much thanks for calling in we have mark from texas mark go ahead you're on the broadcast Hello, Mark. Hello. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, my question is, um, my son, 26 years old and a nurse, one uh, just a few days ago told me that, Dad, you don't need to be a believer, believing in Jesus. You just need to be good and kind, and that should be sufficient. And I said, well, that's not biblical. And he said, well, the Bible was written by many different people thousands of years ago. And so I think what he is trying to say is that's not dependable. And I was such shocked and at the loss for answer. And that's the reason I'm calling you. Yes. And well, ask you, how would you respond? Yeah. Well, thanks for that, Mark. That's a uh, that's a good question. That's a that's a common question that many people uh, that don't want to deal with the, the things of scriptures. Oh, well, you can't trust that book. It's just it's written by men. It's uh, it's got a lot of errors in it, and so uh, you know, it's just um, it's just what I think. You know, the Bible says twice: Proverbs fourteen twelve and sixteen twenty five. There is a way that seems right to a man but its end is the way of death. And so what seems right to the human mind is that, hey, if you're good, uh, all good people go to heaven. I had a, a family member tell me that one time. Her husband was not a Christian. And she said, well, I just think heaven's a place for all good people. It's like, well, you can think that all day long. That doesn't make it true. Uh, here is the truth. God is holy, holy, holy. And you and I, the best of us, are sinful, sinful, sinful. John chapter 3, Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus. Nicodemus represents the very best 
in Israel. He is a moral man. He is a God-fearing man. He is a religious man. He spent uh, so much time uh, each day studying the Old Testament. So he's the very best that man can produce morally. And Jesus looked at that guy and said, unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. You can't enter the kingdom of God. You must be born again. And so all of us have a problem with sin. And uh, people that say, well, just be good. Well, uh, there's none good, Jesus told the rich young ruler, except God. So Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Well, wait a minute, I can't be perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm just trying to be good. Well, uh, no one is perfect and no one is really good. We're all selfish and sinful. And uh, the Bible says our our good deeds are like a filthy rag in the sight of God. So the whole uh, story of redemption is God had to send his son to die on the cross for our sins because apart from a perfect sacrifice, no one could be saved. And all of us would rightfully go to hell. God is the righteous judge and shall not the judge of all the earth deal justly? And man, when he stands uh, in his sin before the thrice holy God of the universe, he's going to see how sinful he is and how holy God is. And when you try and come before God and say, well, God, I'm good enough to get to heaven, uh, there's no way in the world. Uh, it would be the old illustration is you you get pulled over and... Uh, arrested for speeding and you go before the judge and you say to the judge, well, judge, I'm a pretty good driver. And the judge looks at your record. And even if you were uh, a, a good person, so to speak, and only sinned three times a day, if you lived a full life, uh, you have hundreds of thousands of sins on your record. If you go before the judge in traffic court and say, judge, I've always been a good driver and you have 200,000 speeding tickets, he said, you've always been a good driver. What a joke. You're a terrible driver. And he would throw the book at you. When people stand before God at the great white throne judgment, he is going to open up the books, the books that record all the sins, all the deeds, and everyone is going to be judged according to their deeds. People have this erroneous idea that they think they can be saved by good works, and it's their works that are going to condemn them. It's their works that are going to show them how sinful they are. But the sad reality, Revelation chapter 20, 11 through 15, is once you end up at the great white throne judgment, Jesus has... Uh, he's no longer Savior. Now he's judge. And the day of grace and mercy and forgiveness is over. And all there is is judgment. And the Lord doesn't want that for anybody. He wants all to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Well, we're taking your calls. And the number to call is 1-888-589-8840. So we'll be right back after the break. Don't go away. What we believe about the Bible 
is based on what we believe about its source. The God Who Speaks, the award-winning documentary from the American Family Association, is now available in a special limited edition DVD set. This release includes a Sunday school curriculum and two hours of additional footage. Go to thegodwhospeaks.org to get your copy today. thegodwhospeaks.org. AFR is the voice of reason. American Family Radio's Spring Shareathon is April 19th through the 21st. An inspiring part of Shareathon is hearing how God is using American Family Radio. It's a lifeline for me during the day. Please take a moment to share how God has used AFR in your life. Call now at 877-876-8893. That's 877-876-8893. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month. And that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. Hi, and welcome back to the broadcast. Pastor Jeff Shreve here filling in for Dan Celia. I'm the pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries, heard every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio, where we're talking about the subject of discouragement and the antidote, which is encouragement. We encourage ourselves and strengthen ourselves in the Lord. I'm taking your calls. The number to call is one 888 589-8840. That's 1-888-589-8840. And I was thinking about uh, this idea of discouragement and encouragement and how do we do it. I think one thing that's really important, you know, truly he is good, truly his loving kindness is everlasting. Romans eight twenty eight. we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. But we also remember that we are on this earth for one reason, one main reason. Obviously, the overarching reason that God created us, uh, Isaiah 43, is to glorify him. And, uh, and so we, we glorify God by pleasing him. But if we want to get a specific, Jesus said, and you shall be my witnesses, and you shall receive, but you shall receive power, Acts 1.8, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. God has left us on this earth to be his witnesses, to uh, shine for Christ, to share his story, to share what great things the Lord has done for us. And we want to be a, a good witness, and we want to be a faithful witness witness. The scripture says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, let a man regard us in this manner as servants of Christ 
and stewards or managers of the mysteries of God. In this case, moreover, it is required of stewards that one be found faithful, trustworthy, that God can trust you, that you're faithful, that you're uh, true in season and out of season, that you are wholly devoted to him. And regardless of what happens, you're going to stay true to him. And you're going to have the attitude that Esther had when she was told by her uh, her uncle Mordecai, uh, listen, you need to go in and talk to the king because they're getting ready to kill all the Jews. And she said, I can't do that. He hasn't called for me. And he said, God has put you in the palace for such a time as this. And so she said, okay, well, you pray for me and I'm going to fast and pray and I will go to the king after three days. And if I perish, I perish. It doesn't matter. If I perish, I perish. I have to be faithful to the Lord. And so that's our job, to be faithful to him regardless of the circumstances. Well, we have on the line uh, Janice from Texas. Is it Janice or Janice? Are you there? Hello. Hello. Welcome to the broadcast. Yes, go ahead. Hi, it's it's Janice. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, I was listening to you, uh, your response to the gentleman about the um, the judge and the the speeding tickets, and and uh, and about people being just thinking they can go to heaven, just being good. I had thought years ago there's there's an area here in Houston and River Oaks which is really really nice and a lot of people would like to live there mm-hmm. <laughs> and very wealthy people and 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 I thought you know um, it'd be kind of like me going and knocking on someone's door and saying you know I know you don't know me but I would really like to live here and them going you know well you know. I don't know you, and it's like, but I'm a really nice person, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's like we need to know Jesus and know God um, and, and what He has done for us, you know. Uh, for, to to live in His house, He's holy and and to and and righteous, and uh, the only way we can attain that is to acknowledge that He what He has done for us. And I was thinking about the righteous judge um, that when the guy goes, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a good driver. And then the, the judge sees that he has 200 tickets. It's like, yes, but um, I need to deal with this, this ticket because if, if um, the only way, you know, it could be wiped clean is if the judge were to have compassion, but it's, it's not, you know, he, my preacher tells a story about the judge coming down and writing a check for the for the offense, and that's what Jesus has basically done. It still needs to be dealt with. You know, we are sinners, and uh, you know, even if there there's going to be offenses there because of us. But um, the judge himself has compassion. And- Amen. He sure does. I like what uh, was said in a Sunday school class. A, a lady was talking to some third graders, and she asked the question, is there anything God can't do? And one of the little girls raised her hand in the class, and she said, I know something God can't do. 
He can't see my sin when it's covered in the blood of Jesus. And so we all have that opportunity to turn our lives over to the King, to receive the gift of eternal life, to accept Christ and receive Christ as Savior and Lord. And when we do, when we put our faith where God put our sins, the cross of Christ, we are saved and his blood washes white as snow. So thanks so much, Janice, for calling. Uh, We have uh, Leah from Mississippi. Leah, go ahead. Are you there? Yes. We must have lost her. Leah, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, go ahead. Yes, I would just like to comment on what you were saying about... uh, Let me turn my radio down. Hold on one second. Okay, go ahead. Let me turn my radio down. Okay, I would just like to comment on what you were saying about... uh, you know, how the devil, would, when things bad happen in your life, uh-huh. how the devil uh, will try to try to tell you that, you know, there is no God, because he will do that, and he will do that to Christian people as well. If you're a child of God, he will do, definitely do that, and because it happened to me. And, you know, that thought was in my mind, well, well God, if you're real, you know, why did you let this happen, you know, and I'm trying to live right, and doing right and uh, trying to do right and uh, leading uh, Bible study classes and stuff like that, I mean, devotion and stuff like that, and then, bam, you know, something happened that you weren't expecting. And the devil tried to use me to turn against God. But you have to go back to the Word. He said he would never leave us nor forsake us. And I went to, you have to quote those scriptures, because if you don't, the devil will trap you. He will make you think, well, there is no God. Right. That's exactly right. That's a good word, too. Uh, we combat the lies of the devil with the truth of scripture. Now, here's the thing. The reason that our minds and hearts seem to latch on to lies so easily is because lies always match up with our feelings. The truth of God's word doesn't match up with feelings. Uh, we, we don't feel our way into faith. We, we say, Lord, this is what you said, and by faith I believe it, and feelings are just going to have to get in line with my faith. And so the lies are easy to believe because we feel discouraged. We feel like there's no hope. We feel like God has abandoned us, and none of those things are true. So we just, by faith, have to trust him that uh, he is working even when we can't see it. So thanks so much for your call. We have Darlene in Texas. Darlene, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you for accepting my call. I appreciate it. Have a wonderful day. I was uh, urged to say that when we are on earth, we call on God to forgive us for things that have happened. He has compassion. He has love. He forgives because he died on the cross for us. But when he comes and collects us, whether it be by a rapture or by a timing, when we have our number of days to live, and we face the judgment, he changes his job to become the judge. It's over with the forgiving, the compassion. That phase of his job is done, and he's got the new job. He's put on the new Uh, robe, and he is now the judge. Well, so this is the way the scripture puts it. For believers 
Our sins are, when we put our faith where God put our sins on the cross of Christ, then there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, and we are forgiven. Now, when we die, we do go before the Lord Jesus, and he evaluates our lives. We must all appear, 2 Corinthians 5.10, before the judgment seat of Christ. That's just for believers, and we are judged uh, based on what we did in the Christian life, not to determine heaven or hell, but to, to, to determine rewards. And some people aren't going to get any rewards. They're going to be tested by fire, and they themselves shall be saved yet so as by fire. But all their works were wood, hay, and stubble, and it's all going to be burned up. That's what happens at the judgment seat of Christ. At the great white throne judgment, that's a separate judgment. That's the final judgment. I'm preaching on that this Sunday. That is just for unbelievers. And everyone at the great white throne is judged according to their deeds because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved, but took pleasure in wickedness, as the scripture says in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. So, Darlene, I appreciate your call. We have uh, Mark in Tennessee. Mark, I got 60 seconds. Well, I'll be very brief. I want to thank you for the encouraging, uh, biblically sound preaching and teaching that you have. Uh, I wanted to share uh, a quote from one of my former pastors, God's never late and seldom early. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, he's just always right on time. So we just need to trust him. So, Mark, thanks so much for your encouragement. And thank you for being with us today as we talked about how to encourage ourselves in the Lord. You can listen to any of these broadcasts again on AFR.net and uh, share them with your friends. Hey, go out, shine, and share. Shine for Christ. Share his story. We'll be back again next time. God bless you. Uh, 